Welcome to Yeah, But the Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Vivian Gabor, and I'm sitting down with Deontay L. Warren. Hello. From Broadway's Aladdin. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, ever since you walked into my shop the first day, I was just like, I need to get to know him. Oh, yeah. Yay. I mean, you're just fun. <laughs> so I figured you'd be a fun person to talk to. Perfect. <laughs> um, so I guess to start out, I would love to just kind of hear a little bit about like how you got here, like some here of the highlights in, like, in Atlanta, at, at Aladdin. Yeah. Um, just some uh, of the highlights. Sure. sure. Um, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> okay, great. Let's see. Um, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. Come on, Music um, City. Born USA. and raised. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love that you know that. Um, I also went to college in Nashville. Okay. Um, if you know anything about Nashville, there's the famous Music Row, um, mm-hmm. where so many legendary albums were yeah. um, were created and recorded. And my university, Belmont University, sits right at the end of it. Um so that was really fun. That's and awesome. It would have been a lot more useful had I wanted to go into the recording industry. Right. <laughs> um, what degree? <laughs> say that again. What degree did you get? I got a Bachelor of Music in music yes. theater. Perfect. Yeah. Um, the The goal was that eventually I would teach, um, mm-hmm. which is still not off the table. Yeah. Um, it's still in the cards. Um, but yeah, when I graduated Belmont, I did my very first cruise ship contract yes and i thought oh wow this can be a thing for a little while but then at the end of the contract they offered me a really crappy like mm. second contract and i was like you know what i'm good i took my <laughs> little savings yeah <laughs> i took my little savings and i moved to new york i i feel like something that i had very on, early on that i'm trying to rediscover mm-hmm. was um i i had no fear of saying no yeah um and of adventure and um i was just like oh i want to do this and so i just go yeah yeah. um (laughs) not thinking you know i wasn't tied down by anything Mm -hmm. i had no possessions i you know i was born and raised um poor Mm -hmm. and so like i wasn't i wasn't like trying to achieve anything you know trying to meet my family's expectations or anything i was just like whatever i want to do this let's go (laughs) um (laughs) so i'm trying to now that i'm 30 and i have a little bit uh, more of a sense of responsibility Mm -hmm. and i have things that i own i have property and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff i'm trying to rediscover that that part of my yeah Uh, um but anyway i just went off on a tangent um yeah no i mean i i definitely (laughs) feel that a lot yeah it's crazy i'm one of those people that i just like 
I'll like move on a whim. Like, I mean, New York wasn't necessarily a whim, but it was like only thought about for a few months. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go. Okay, bye. See what happens. <laughs> and then I get, I got here and I was like, wait, what, <laughs> what did I just do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was just such a logical step. So I finished that contract. I took all my mm-hmm. savings and I moved here. And literally, I got off the cruise ship. This was January of 2011, mm-hmm. aging, my, dating myself <laughs> um, here. Um, I got off that cruise ship, and on a Wednesday, they flew me home to Nashville. And on Thursday, I got on a flight and came to New York. Oh, wow. Um, really fast turnaround. Um, and I just, I've, I've just always been, if I think about it, I'm going to talk myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So just go. It's always been my yeah. Um, my mo, uh, and it's worked so far. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I came here and I started auditioning. I did already have an agent. Perfect. Um, I got one from Showcase in college, mm-hmm. and you know, and all that. So I did have her in my ear. My whole cruise ship contract. Come come to New York. Come to New York. Yeah. You know? Um, as a so, good agent, yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, I got here and I started auditioning. And my very first audition was for a regional theater production of Hairspray. Nice. Um, this was back when she was tiny, she was a little dancer, <laughs> she was never tiny, but I was smaller. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, yeah, I ended up booking that job. Nice. I uh, ended up a seaweed in Hairspray, yes. which was perfect timing because I moved here in January. That audition was, you know, a week after I'd been here or whatever. And uh, the contract didn't start until May. Oh, wow. April. It started in April. Oh, wow. And I thought I was doing so well. I was subletting in my friend's apartment. Mm -hmm. He uh, taught music at Royal Caribbean where I was working uh, the six months before. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, I'm still going to be in Royal Caribbean. I know you said you're moving to New York, do you want to sublet my place? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, where is it? He was like, the Upper East Side. I was like, yes, bitch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and um, little did I know the price tag that came with that. Yeah. So I had run out of my savings mm-hmm. by by um, March. And I was like, well, I've oh got to figure something out. <laughs> so I started working and um, I spent all four years and a year before college, all four years of college and a year before working at um, Aeropostal in nice. uh, Nashville. Good old Most retail. people call it Aeropostal, um, <laughs> just in case you're listening. And you're I worked at a mall for yes. for like 12 so, yeah. years, so I know yeah. the like the lingo. <laughs> right? So, um, so I just kind of took my knowledge and yeah. what I knew and um, started working at the Aeropostal in Manhattan Mall. Most people don't nice. know there is a mall in Manhattan. She's real small. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I started working there, and I was out of money yeah. when my contract started. So yeah. it was literally divine Good timing. timing. <laughs> it was amazing. So I did a few years of um, uh, regional theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did two more cruise ships. I nice. toured Non-Equity with Sister wow. Act and Dream Girls, the musical. Yes. Because I didn't get enough the first time, so I did a second <laughs> one. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> um, and uh, I left the Sister Act tour. That was the second one. I left okay. it, and I was like, you know what? This is not good for my health. I was ready mm. to quit. I was. I had done... Um, interviews and applications yeah. for grad school i was ready to move on i was over it done I'm yeah ready. this is if this is the industry i don't want it it's awful why is that is touring just i, I don't know much touring about what it's like to do yeah touring non-equity is you get paid you get paid um crimpets okay so if you 
if you have any kind of responsibility, if you mm -hmm. have, uh, if you can't find a sublet for your apartment, mm -hmm. and you have to pay rent. If you have to pay um, insurance, if because yeah, they you're not equity, yeah. so you have to buy <laughs> your own insurance. If you have to pay a cell phone bill, no matter mm -hmm. like. It pays so little that there is no way to make money, let alone mm. save any. Okay. Um. So that's already that. Yeah, yeah. And then the schedule. You're doing one-nighters, which if you don't know what that means, that means like you'll show up in Paducah, Kentucky. You'll do the show on a Wednesday night in Paducah, Kentucky. You'll spend the night in the hotel and then wake up at 5 or 6 a.m., Get on the bus, drive for eight hours to the next city, oh, God. In God knows where, in the middle of nowhere. You'll perform the show. You'll get there just in time to perform the show, sleep at a hotel, wake up at five or six the no, next thank morning, you. do it all over God. again. Oh. It was brutal. Yeah. But my 24-year-old self, I was like, let's go. Um, <laughs> Not realizing I was just giving away my talent. Yeah. Like, you're just, at that point, you're just giving away mm -hmm. everything that you have to offer because they are not paying you anything close to your worth. Yeah. Um, let alone a livable wage. And that's an epidemic in this in this industry. And so many tours are going out non-equity because they've realized that they can cast mm -hmm. wonderful talent people that are so extremely talented and com super capable of performing these shows mm -hmm. but haven't had an opportunity to join the union yeah. because jobs are scarce. Yep. So um, it's a it's a real epidemic that um, is sweeping New York and sweeping our industry and hopefully yeah. um, hopefully some solutions will be put forth pretty soon hopefully, to yeah. make sure that actors are, actors are compensated uh, fairly for yeah. their contributions. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> all of that, I left, I left that. I was like, you know what? I'm over this. So, um, during our layovers, um, we used to have like layoffs. Uh, you would have like a week where they couldn't book the, book the show mm. anywhere or two weeks yeah, where they couldn't book the show anywhere. And they, you know, send us all back home and to sit unemployed for two weeks and not make that's any fun. money. Yeah. That's real fun. <laughs> so, um, very helpful during one of those, I auditioned for Disney world Ooh. and booked it. Nice. So I left that tour, did a year at festival, the lion King in nice. Disney world. Um, for all of you, that's animal kingdom in Orlando. Go. It's the best park in all of Disney world. I've I know never I'm a been biased. to Disney world. <gasps> I've been to Disneyland twice, but I've never been to Disney world. We're polar opposites. I've never been to Disneyland <laughs> and Perfect. I'm going, uh, in May, I'm, I can't. Wait. I'm That's so exciting! Excited. I love it. Take my I mean, I'm I'm a West Coast kid, so like, uh, yeah, I just been up and down that West Coast Fierce. so many times. My little brother goes to school in Northern California, so I'm nice. gonna fly him down. We're gonna yeah. hang out in LA, and then we're gonna go That's over amazing. to Anaheim. It's, I'm excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I spent a year down there. It was hot. It was brutal. I was sick for like half the year because allergies in Central Florida mm. are no fun. Yeah. Um, but it was great. I met some of the most incredible people on that contract, uh, people that I still to this day consider family. And um, yeah, I met great people on all those contracts. They mm -hmm. weren't, they, none of them were so awful that I didn't yeah. like one person. But um, that contract in Orlando was a special, was really special to me. It was my first equity gig, Yay. joining union um, in that show. And, and joining equity is like. You have to put in a certain number of hours, correct? That's or? one way. Okay. That's one way. Um, I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weeks. Okay. Um, it's called the Equity uh, Membership Candidate Program. Okay. It's called, um, you may hear EMC um, mm -hmm. being thrown around. Um, forget, they just lowered the number, but I forget what it was. 
uh, what it what it is now, but it was fifty weeks. You had to get like fifty weeks or okay. something like that. And you get weeks by being by working in an equity theater mm-hmm. or in an equity show, but yeah. not being equity. Um, right. And some uh, regional theaters and things like that offer what they call points, which is you get one point per week. Okay. And you have to have like fifty points. Basically, so just a way of like gauging, put it, mm, paying your dues, kind of a thing. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So that it's not so easy to get into the union that anybody mm-hmm. can do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though. <laughs> I sense the shade coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna be nice. It's sunny outside. We're beautiful. It's great. We're not indulging shade today. Um, So, (laughs) 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 but yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was fun. I I think I had something like 26 points when I joined, um, because another way to join is to just book an equity gig okay to book a show that is equity and um in order to do that show you have to be equity mm, is so they just kind of grandfather what it in. is yeah Got so it. um but the funny thing about that is you don't actually have to join the union in florida hmm. because florida is a right to work state so there are several people that are like i'm not really ready to join the union or i'm not really thinking about theater because yeah. there are several people there that were because I was in a singer track. It wasn't really an actor track. Mm-hmm. I was in a singer track. And there are several people there that were just vocalists, that weren't actors, that don't have any sort of um, ambitions uh, mm-hmm. in the theater. So they didn't want to join the union. But the beautiful thing about Florida is, because it's a union contract, whether they join or not, because it's a right-to-work state, they're protected by the union, That's which awesome. is really cool. Yeah, that I like was, that. That was really wonderful. So, but I took the gig because I, I, I knew that it was time for me. I wanted to join yeah. the union. Um, that very first contract I had out of New York, that production of Hairspray, offered me my card. And I was like, guys, I just got here. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. No, I don't want it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> too soon, too soon. And I almost lost that contract because oh, they wow. needed to fulfill, they needed a yeah. certain amount of equity members in their show. And I was like, listen, I, nope, I don't yeah. want it. Um, so... Luckily, that worked out, and I didn't have to give up the contract, and I did not have to take my yeah. card at the time. And I'm so glad because I wouldn't have had all those experiences mm-hmm. that s- sort of taught me, taught me, oh, that's Ooh, my that's computer, um, <laughs> that sort of taught me my worth mm-hmm. and the value of what I have to offer, not just on stage, but yeah. also off stage. I wouldn't have had any of those experiences had I joined the union um, too early. So I'm really, la- really glad I joined when I did. Yeah. But then Maybe. I finished that year in Orlando. I'm still talking, guys. It's fine. No, that's um, perfect. <laughs> I always feel like I'm talking too much, so this is great to just be able to be like, yay, finally. Yay. <laughs> so, it's so it's so interesting because I'm in a show that is particularly young, especially yeah. with a lot of the ensemble members. There are several people here that, you know, didn't have quite the road to their Broadway mm-hmm. debut um, and happened a little easier. But I, I lived some life before I got <laughs> on Broadway, you know, yeah. I'm proud of it. Anyway, but um, <laughs> so I finished that contract and the contract renewals roll around because when you're equity uh, in, in shows like that, it's not just an open-ended offer. You get a termed contract. It's for a year. Mm-hmm. It's the same when you have a principal role on Broadway. Ensemble contracts are open, and um, they're not termed. But when you are a principal on Broadway, which is I'm on a principal contract, it's a year. You're okay. termed by year. So, and then at the um, end of that, they can choose whether or not to offer exactly. another year. Got it. So Disney World asked me to stay for a second year, and my answer was absolutely not. <laughs> I love 
loved the people, but mm-hmm. working in that theater drove me bonkers. And I've heard I've heard interesting things about working for Disney in general. That the people are great because they're the kind of people that love Disney, but like it was crazy. Disney is like intense. It was crazy. <laughs> it wasn't even so much that it was intense. They we just they just ran um our theater like it was another attraction. Mm, and yeah. as a theater person, um it, it just really didn't set me up to do my best work. So yeah. I, instead of sticking around, even though I loved it, I just knew that it wasn't necessarily the best thing for me. Yeah. So, that's um, so I said goodbye to all of them and I came back to New York and I did a couple of things in between there and went back to Japan with dream girls. Cause my old dance captain called me and was like, Hey, your old track is open. You want it? I was like, no, <laughs> she was like, well, we're going back to Tokyo for three weeks. And I was like, is that it? She was, I was like, just three weeks. And she was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Paid vacation. Right. Well, exactly. working vacation. Yeah. yeah but got ish. You know. I mean, my track and dream girls, I mean, it was a dancer track, but like, mm-hmm. When we were in Tokyo, we would party and dance and club until six, seven o'clock in the morning, yeah. take a two hour nap and go do two shows. It was yeah. fine. It wasn't. <laughs> um, can't do that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> now she's 30 and she does not Ooh. like that anymore. But um, but yeah, so that was fun. It was did a little three weeks there. I did a production of Shrek where I played the donkey. <gasps> yes, donkey. Um, <laughs> I just pointed out um, a composite of uh memes that my cast made me that's amazing um because i was constantly falling out of chairs and making weird faces and that show was really fun um (laughs) but um when that ended i came back to new york and i had put on a little weight Mm -hmm. and i was just tired of trying to force my body to be this Mm -hmm. dancer in this dancer shape that i never really fit i'd had many directors and costumers um it it was basically verbal and emotional abuse and you know it took yeah. me a long time to unpack it but they were always on me about my size like you hired me just like this you knew what i looked like mm-hmm. why are, why is it a problem now yeah. why are you asking me to change now i am who i am yeah. and <sighs> i work my behind off to look the way i look mm-hmm. um it's not going to get any better if yeah. anything <laughs> i'm going to stop working and i'm going to get fatter yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like i i was uh, especially on tour i was working out two, three times a day. Um, oh we were making bus stops at fast food places and I would never get off the bus. I had to keep uh, uh, um, a little ice bucket with me and keep fresh food on me so that I could make myself fresh, healthy food mm-hmm. so that I didn't gain weight so that I could stay in my costumes. Yeah. It was just God. a lot of extra work Oof. for them to still be abusing me and telling yeah. me I'm too fat. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm tired of that. I am who I am. I'm going to mm-hmm. be what I'm going to be. And I had a conversation with my agent. I said, listen, I know you've represented me since college, you know, and this was what 2016 we had this conversation mm-hmm. and she had been representing me since 2010 mm-hmm. and, and with this body that was super marketable but yeah now i'm not that anymore yeah. and if you don't want to market that i understand i we can part ways and she mm-hmm. was like no let's you know you have a lot to offer let's see mm-hmm. what kinds of projects are you interested in and i told her i was like listen aladdin's going on tour they're gonna need a genie standby i don't know what they're trying to do with the genie himself because mm-hmm. i was thinking about james monroe Iglehart. Mm-hmm. i was like i might be a little too young like i don't know what yeah. they're really looking for but for the standby surely like that i'm yeah. right for that it just always seemed like a role that was right within my particular set of abilities. Sorry, I have a You're fine. 
lozenge in my mouth because the allergies <laughs> are trying to kill me. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. So I uh, I told her that's what I wanted, and then a week later I had mm-hmm. an audition for Aladdin. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I had one call back. We uh, I got to work with the assistant director who um. Mm-hmm is w- what they call a resident director. Okay. Uh, so the guy who actually directed the show, Casey Nicola, is rarely here. We may mm-hmm. see him, you know, three, four, five times a year. Yeah. But there is somebody who's contracted to be here five to six days a week yeah. who teaches the show, who teaches all the people that come in the show and kind of maintains it. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's who I was auditioning for. Okay. His, um, for our show, his name is Scotty, and he is fabulous um he was a performer for many many years and did many shows Mm -hmm. um and is full of stories and wisdom and every time i have a note session with him it's um i I learned something i not only learned something about our show i learned something about the craft Mm -hmm. i learned about um storytelling i learned about uh it's been I could gush on and on. Yeah. And on. I'm, I really, I love working here. It's great. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, but that's who I was auditioning for. Okay. Uh, and then that led to Genie Camp. Nice. Sounds fun. It was really fun. There were 12 of us. It was really weird to be in a room. Like just, it was like a workshop mm-hmm. type environment with 12 guys that kind of look similar to me, that kind of <laughs> sound similar to me. I was like, this is different. Like, hey, y'all. <laughs> and, um, but what it did was it formed this really cool brotherhood, and yeah. they gave us tickets to see the show in the middle of it. And so there's yeah. just all of us sitting in this one row, and <laughs> the cast knows we're there, so they're shouting us out. And um, yeah. uh, James Morrell Iglehart was performing the show when we saw mm. it, and he shouted us out um, from the audience. And, I mean, from the stage. and. They were just giving us all this awesome energy. It was great. They yeah. really made you feel comfortable. It didn't feel like an audition anymore. Hmm. And I feel like that's what really kind of released a lot of pressure and allowed me to do better work than I'd ever done in any audition mm-hmm. setting. Um, so I found that that's very highly effective. If I'm ever in a position where I have to cast a show, mm-hmm. um, I would certainly advocate for something like that because it really did free us up to do great nice. work. We would just learning and growing yeah. and working and playing and um and if you fit you fit and if you don't not right now great we're moving on but yeah. um it, it's just such an enriching experience for everybody involved um i'll never forget it it was it was really fun but i wasn't even thinking about being hired mm-hmm. in my opinion i botched my final audition <laughs> i cracked and I like stopped in the middle of the scene and you know, I made myself laugh. Like who makes yourself laugh <laughs> in the middle of an audition? Like um, <laughs> I just, I, you know, I, I just didn't, my mind was elsewhere. I was yeah. fielding three other offers and I was like, do I want to do these things? Like one was particularly difficult and I knew it was going to be a challenge and I didn't really know if it was above my range or not mm. at the time. And, and, um, so I was. That's really where my brain was. They mm-hmm. they just seemed like more attainable goals. I was yeah. like, Aladdin isn't thinking about me. Like whatever. Yeah. I had been into Final Calls for uh, somewhere between nine and ten Broadway shows. Book of Mormon. I had like thirteen callbacks for and oh never God. booked. Like I was just like these <sighs> shows. I'm so I was so used to them being dangled in front of me and yeah. not given to me that I wasn't even thinking about Aladdin. Yeah. So when they called, I was in the library. <laughs> Um, if you live in New York and you're an artist, there is a thing called the Performing Arts Library mm-hmm. at Lincoln Center, and it is a great tool for all of us. It, whether you're a dancer, a musician, a singer, um, an actor, there's just so much information there, and 
what a lot of people don't know is um, every Broadway show since, I forget the year, like in the 70s, um, was recorded for that library. Mm -hmm. And you can go there for research purposes and sit in the library and watch any show that's been on Broadway, anything except for what's currently running. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like Susan Stroman shows, you have to have um, uh, permission from Susan Stroman to watch her show. Interesting. You have to, like, submit... um, well, uh, I guess it's a good thing that I saw <laughs> Young Frankenstein when it was previewing that. Right? But <laughs> one of the shows I had been offered was uh, Scottsboro Boys. Okay. And Susan Stroman created that show. And mm-hmm. so you have to um, write and get her permission. And I was oh like, my God. that's the only reason I know. It's because that's the show I, was, I yeah. had been offered and I was studying it. And I was like, is this something I'm interested in? Yeah. Um, the answer was yes. I wanted <laughs> to do it. Um, but that's the show I was watching when uh, Aladdin called and said, I thought the whole time I was auditioning for the tour, and they were like, hey, Aladdin wants you to be the standby on Broadway. And I was like, um, sorry, what? <laughs> 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 and they were like, yeah, the standby on Broadway. And I was like, ah! I literally screamed in the library. Yeah, yeah. And the lady was like, sir, <laughs> sorry, I'm it's sorry. Broadway. There's no way to <laughs> have to scream when Broadway calls. <laughs> and that was um, October was October of 2016 and my contract wow. started in January of 2017 and I've been here ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're so you've you're getting on year 3 of it now then. So two I'm, full I years. I just started year 3. Yeah. That's years. amazing. What in the world? Right? The time goes by so quick. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't even remember 2017. That was way too long ago for me. 2017 was a blur. I it was a <laughs> huge um I do remember it, though, because um, the job I had been wanting my whole life was suddenly in my lap. Yeah. I was was doing everything but enjoying it. Yeah. I was in my head. I was scared. Mm. I I had this, um, what I now know is uh, termed imposter syndrome because I was... Every day I would come to work and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, at any point they're going to realize I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Mm. I'm, I'm making it up. Yeah. I'm faking it. And they're going to realize that I'm I'm not right. I'm not ready for this. I'm not I'm not who they think I am. Yeah. You know, um, and that was all in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, cast members before were like they would come after, you know, months and months later, they would be like, I didn't realize you were so nervous. Like, you seemed so calm. You seemed so chill. Like, you seemed like this was old hat. Like, you like this was your eighth <laughs> Broadway show. And I was like, well, I'm glad it came across like that because I was freaking out. I yeah. full-on threw up after my put-in. So Oof. when you join a show as a, a, a replacement, you have a thing called a put-in okay. where um, after your whole rehearsal process you've mm-hmm. been in a room with just a dance captain a director and a stage manager just you and you learn the whole show that way and then they put you on stage with everybody else for um spacing rehearsals yeah. and then you get a put in and when you're the put in for a tony winning role Oof. there is a lot of pressure yeah because um the show was also going through a lot of change for the first time. And uh, for the first time, everybody was like, how are we going to be moving forward? Mm. And um, so I was sort of the newest representation of that change. And they were yeah. like, hey, is this somebody that we can trust our show with? So yeah. everybody showed up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was feeling so much pressure. <laughs> and, and it's already a weird situation because the whole cast is there. 
everybody's in street clothes. You're the only person that's in costume. And everybody else is marking because they're in the middle of eight shows, obviously. Um, So they're marking the put in, but you're full out and you're like trying to give a show and you're trying to prove, hey, I got this, you know? And, um, And we finished Friend Like Me and all the dancers came out of their poses and they applauded and screamed and whooped and I'm getting a little emotional because yeah. it was um it was the first time that I was like oh wow I do belong here yeah. you know um it was a really special moment and yeah. and that's just a testament to the kind of people that are in this building they're all just so beautiful and so everybody's so different it's not the same kind of person over and over again mm-hmm. everybody's so different and unique but beautiful and they lead with kind open hearts and um I couldn't imagine having my Broadway debut in a in a better place. It, I, yeah. I, it doesn't exist. I'm I'm convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can speak to the fact that I mean, I miss <laughs> I mean, completely different side of things, but I miss working <laughs> nights at the coffee shop because all of you come in. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's so interesting to me because I mean, we're the shop is on a corner that there are like four Broadway shows like right yeah, here. That's right. Yeah. And the only people I know of that come in are the Aladdin people. <laughs> like we had, we had the assistant stage manager from uh, pretty woman came in. I was like, Oh my, and he was wearing a hat. I was like, Oh my God, finally someone from pretty woman. Yeah. He was like, no people come in here all the time. They just don't talk about it. I was yeah, like, they do. <laughs> I see them what? all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone from Aladdin who goes in, we immediately know. And it's the best thing. And they're like, all of you are so happy. And like, it's That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, no, I see the 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 lady who plays the lead in Pretty Woman. I see in the coffee shop all the time. Oh my god! Yeah, she's there all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I I think my funniest moment in terms of like one of y'all coming in was when Jessica Voss came in because at that point I didn't recognize her. Oh like god. I was very new in New York. Yeah. And she came in, and she—I mean, she always has some green around her temples and yep. stuff left over because <laughs> it, it never just goes happens. away. Yeah, <laughs> but she had like a hat pulled all the way down, and she was wearing sunglasses, <laughs> and she was doing that like affected whiny voice that a lot of us do, just like oh yeah, in our day, and like oh, yeah. she was just doing it. And it's and probably so for I her think, that's a good way to save your voice when you're yeah. speaking. So oh, that's I probably bet. Why she yeah. Did it. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, oh great, another just whiny white girl. <laughs> whatever just order and move on and then she mistook me for someone else and then we got to talking and i realized who she was and i was like oh now i feel bad for thinking that about you because i know so many people speak highly of you but yeah she is one of the kindest stars you'll ever meet yeah yeah oh yeah she probably wouldn't be able to pick me out of a ring but (laughs) we met once um at at a at a function and she is just yeah one of the sweetest people you'll well, ever Well then meet. the first time you came in there were like four of you I think that came in at the same time. Yeah, because for some reason and we don't get enough of each other in right? the building. We right? operate as a And mom. all of you were singing and I was like, <laughs> What is happening? And you all came in and then I don't remember who it was. Someone else, it wasn't you, like leaned in and looked really closely at me and was like you're a performer too. No, that was me. That was you. That was, totally that was me. you. Yeah, that was totally. <laughs> was it because I don't have eyebrows? Um, it wasn't that. that was <laughs> you have this um energy about you. I feel mm. like you can always tell who performers are because yeah. you cannot do what we do and walk around with <laughs> some kind of a commanding presence. Yeah, that's fair. Some sort of um some sort of a, a confidence that yeah. the rest of the world usually doesn't tap into. Yeah. Um. Just because it takes a certain type of confidence to do what we do for a living. That's fair. You know? um, but uh, 
and not saying that every actor is competent um, competent <laughs> because we're actually some of the most insecure people oh, yeah. you'll ever meet. Always. But but we know how to mask it. Yes. And, and we, we know, know how to project yep. confidence. Yep. You know? And um and I and I was getting that energy from <laughs> you. I was like, you got to be a performer. <laughs> yeah. It was I mean, it was and one of those moments because I had li- yeah. <laughs> it was uh I think I'd only been in New York I had been here like just over a month because yes. I didn't get a job there until a month after I moved here. Wow. And so it was like one of those moments where I was like, oh, I do belong here. Yeah. People recognize it. Yay. I belong here. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just one of those moments. That's awesome. But That's really cool. Yeah. That means the world to me my cast gave me that, and uh, and I was able to pay yeah. that forward. That's awesome. I mean, I'm too I'm too chicken <laughs> to do the whole audition process, but oh, uh, don't be. I mean, I mean, she's brutal, but like, yeah, just no, no, go into it knowing she's brutal, and then I'm an anxious auditioner. I yeah. never, I'm never nervous going into an audition. I'll yeah, do the audition, feel great, and I'm great and awesome, and just like, oh hi, yeah, you're the director, cool. And then I, as soon as that door closes when I leave the room, I'm just like, oh my god, everyone hates me. And then I just immediately yeah, get that's my real. Head. I've totally been there. <laughs> and you have to like, you have to um, figure out how to convince yourself to leave your audition in the room. Mm. Um, and there have been, I, I promise you, I, I, I felt like I tanked my audition for Aladdin, mm-hmm. and here I am with my Broadway debut yeah. the show. Um, so you just never know. It's not about being perfect. It's not about them liking you the best. It's really about you fitting into the puzzle of what they need yeah um and and whoever best fits into that puzzle is who gets the job that's literally as easy that's as simple as it is yeah sometimes that works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't yeah some of the most talented people i know some of the people that when i listen to them sing it makes me want to stop singing (laughs) never work on right (laughs) yeah you know because um or haven't worked on broadway yet or you know, have has been in between shows for mm-hmm. years. And, yeah. you know, it's not really about talent. It's not even really about, I mean, being an awesome person and being someone that people want to work with is mm-hmm. definitely helpful. Yeah. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't fit into the puzzle. Yeah. You know, and so um, I just kind of remind myself of that. Even when I have a great audition, just kind of remind myself, I don't have to be married to any sort of outcome Mm-hmm. I can just accept the fact that I had a great experience in that room and then move on with my life. Yeah. And if something comes, great. And if something doesn't, it, it doesn't really affect me because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even thinking about it. I moved, I've moved on to the next hurdle that I need to jump over. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, and that's way easier said than done. Yeah. But it <laughs> is, um, but you don't actually get to do it until you allow yourself the opportunity to practice it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's that's I think because I grew up, I was a musical theater kid all the way through. Oh, fierce. Um, and then I, I got to college and they were like, no, you need to go the classical route because my voice is much more like, yeah, eventually will be Wagnerian, that kind of a voice. Fierce. Um, but I, I prefer musical theater. <laughs> I, I mean, prefer duh. I prefer words to music, even though music's my thing. Yeah. And musical theater is. At least in my opinion, a lot more words based than music based. Yeah. The, the music's gorgeous. Yeah. But like the epitome, like Sondheim, like it's all about the words and who cares what note was dropped there as long as that word got out. Right. Versus opera is all about make sure that melody happens. Yeah. And if don't alter and that melody. And if you have to completely <laughs> change the words to get that note, do yeah. it. If you have to change that vowel sound, <laughs> right. I want to hear the note. It's supposed <laughs> to be an I. Uh-uh, it's yeah. an A now. Yeah. Just yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. <laughs> um, I. But. 
I I can I can I I see what you mean. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's something that's very. And I went to grad school and I like did all of that stuff. And then I came out of it, and I think I've I found that I like I like being on the other side of the table. Like I love performing. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point where performing becomes much more of an anxiety thing for me absolutely than being able to sit back and and let people who love it and are and live in that yeah and help them ooh, guide them <laughs> that hello cord guide them through that from the other side of the table yeah because i was a music director for a few years is too, that because that's what you want to do or is it because i don't you're know afraid of the other i don't know opposite? and that's something like that's I why i haven't gone out for a, a lot of auditions is because i don't think i'm I'm in that mind mind spot yet. That yeah, that yeah, place, yeah. That, that space. makes total sense. Um, I just know so many, so many <laughs> people who move to the other side of the table before they're really ready, mm-hmm. and they end up doing more damage than good. Yeah, because your heart is still in the performing, even though your mind yeah. is telling you that you're not good enough or yeah. that you can't do it or. Um, your mind is saying, "Well, who will want you? Like, what do you yeah. have to offer that well, all these hundreds a, of other people don't?" As a big person, don't. like growing Absolutely. up on Broadway, like all yeah. you see is just yeah. oh, dancers, yeah, and or like uh, getting cast and this. someone does cats, and it's like, "Oh, guess I'll audition for Old Deuteronomy." Yeah, like. <laughs> absolutely, and that is very much a thing in our industry as well. Mm-hmm. And even as the fashion world um, starts to become more inclusive, mm-hmm. even as television and film starts start to become more inclusive. Um, on Broadway, it's very much, I can't, I have a friend who was just lamenting to me about how he was at this dance audition, killed it, nailed it. Mm -hmm. And then this guy with all these muscles Mm -hmm. could barely get through the combination, had no finesse, did not even look great doing the moves, but had an incredible body and got kept. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that, listen, we don't know what that production team was looking yeah. for. We don't know what they want, but that is, that is very much, um, it's a good example, an of example of what yeah. our industry is looking for. You have yeah. to have the look yep. that is a part of fitting into the piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Fortunately for my job, the look is large <laughs> black man, <Yeah. laughs> you know, and I had a whole bunch of hair and they made me shave it off. So I become oh, a large wow. bald black man, yep. you know? <laughs> and so, um, uh, it's, um, but it's definitely about the look and you just have yeah. to accept that yep. and you have to accept that there are going to be a lot of roles out there that aren't going to be offered to you. Oh I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've made it to final audition, a uh, final callbacks for roles and they'll be like, Oh, we think you're amazing, but you're just a little too big. Yeah. And this was back when I was oh. a dancer, when I was the, yeah. when I was that wow. size, quote unquote, but they still were like, Oh, we love you, but you're uh, just a little too big. This character has nothing. There's nothing yeah. in the script. There's yeah. nothing in the music Literally. that says this character has to look yep. this way. So why am I perfect oh, yeah. for My the show? My senior year of college, I was a senior, uh-huh. and it was a small private Christian school. Every senior was getting a role. Yep. And I literally, my advisor came up to me after like the cast list came up, and I was put in the chorus. And he looked at me dead in the eyes, and he said, "We wanted you as as Sir Harry and Once Upon a Mattress, but uh." you're too fat. You don't look like a lover. I was like, I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> so I, I think I missed something here. So, so I'm not allowed to be in love with people. Like whatever. what? Whatever. So oh yeah. my God, that makes me so angry. <laughs> I, and, 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 but we need people to, that are willing to pick up the mantle and fight 
mm-hmm. you know, um, fight for inclusivity and fight for yeah. um, all body types to be represented on Broadway stages yeah. because I'm so tired of seeing little tiny girls um, who, who can barely squeak out the notes because yeah. they're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> That will never be me. And that's not that's <laughs> not a, because we have we have one of those uh, extremely fit, really um, tiny girls uh, leading our show. Mm-hmm. But and she's incredible. She's incredible. Yeah, can sing anything. She's one of the best singers I know. So that's not a slight to everyone that's small. Yeah, we still no, love it's you. not. But <laughs> we but there should be opportunities for the rest yeah. of us as well. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, the whole body type thing is not how we weed out yeah. um, uh, and it's amateurs. Completely, it's a pendulum swing. I mean, a hundred years ago, people were looking for bigger people specifically yeah. for stuff. Yeah, and it's just well, and going there the other are some people right that are looking for bigger people for specific things. There are yeah, um, it's just like being an African American in theater. There are specific tropes that you allow to play, <laughs> and and yeah. and if that if it doesn't fit into those tropes, then then you're not given the opportunity. And we're all fighting that. We're fighting mm-hmm. that right now, and that makes me happy. Yeah, that makes me very and happy. That, I think that was that's one reason because I I wanted to go the opera route for a very long time. Yeah, but that was one reason I kind of have stopped going that route because so many production companies are so set in like you do a show that's been done for the last 200 years right the character has to look the same as the last <laughs> 500 productions of it and it's like it makes no sense well, to the point where like classical music is something that's steeped in history yeah and so that's gonna be a major part of the opera well, world as well and to the point where i remember in, i'm from seattle originally and there was a big hullabaloo over um, uh, the Mikado that Seattle and Gilbert Sullivan Society did because it's white people in traditionally Asian makeup and costume right. because of how it was written, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I think there's a discussion there. But whatever. Be that as it may, at the exact same time, the Seattle Opera was doing a production of Madame Butterfly oh, yeah. being led by a white woman playing Madame Butterfly, Ouch. which is almost always the case i yeah. honestly have never seen an asian woman play madam butterfly wow and it's just like so so where's the double standard why exactly. are we letting opera get away with it yeah <laughs> so that's well, one reason i kind of stepped away from attention. that world <laughs> yeah you know people aren't paying attention is and as more attention has been is is paid yeah um it'll it'll st- those things will start to come to light people will start yeah. to fight but you know if you look at um traditional audiences for those types Mm -hmm. of things the reason that i'm I'm just gonna you know be blunt here there aren't a whole lot of black people coming to the opera yeah and there aren't a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of um diversity yeah um so and i mean to be fair there's not a lot of economic diversity either because of how expensive it's gotten exactly I mean, on the one hand, as an opera singer, it's like, great, I get paid a lot to do it. But yeah. on the other hand, as an audience member, I'm like, I'm never going to go to the opera How ever. How do we make this accessible yeah. to everyone else? Yeah. And I'm and telling you, even in New York City. are just old white people at this point. I'm telling you, even in New York City, as um, a classically trained singer mm-hmm. who in adores classical music mm-hmm. and the opera, the only time I go to the Metropolitan Opera yeah. is when I have a friend in the show that gets me a ticket to yeah. the dress rehearsal. Yes. <laughs> the last, the only opera I've seen live in the last 10 years was because I knew someone in the production that was like, hey, I have a free ticket. Do you want to come? I was yeah. like, yes, please. Yeah. 
I'll go to the like Met simulcasts as much as I can because those are brilliant and it's a lot less expensive. But yeah, like I looked up, um, I think it was, I don't remember. It was one of the operas this season of Met. The cheapest ticket was one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, that's like a quarter week's wages for me. Like <laughs> oh I can't. Gosh, that's crazy. I can't give that up. Yeah, to to sit in a show for three hours. And then I went <laughs> to the UK and looked at their opera because I was like, maybe I could catch some there. Cheapest ticket was twenty two pounds. Like that's well, thirty bucks. They also don't get paid very much money there. That's fair, but they're <laughs> al- and they're also nationally funded, so they don't have yeah. to necessarily. It was just this weird stark contrast of yeah, that's how the West End is too over there. Mm-hmm. You know, like tickets are a lot cheaper over yeah. there, but those actors also all almost all of them have a second job. Okay, you know, uh, it's um. It's just not a livable way. I mean it's an expensive that city, and that you can't makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. A little bit of shade, but no shade. <laughs> I uh, I've been waiting to see Wicked for 15 years because yeah. I just haven't had the chance to because it's so expensive or I miss it or whatever. Right. Like I was in New York in 2003, staying in a hotel right across from the Christian <sighs> Theater. Didn't see oh the my cast. Gosh. S- still mad about that. Finally saw it in London, and you could tell that they were all just a little bit tired. Yeah. And not like I didn't blame them. Yeah, like yeah. it's a demanding show. Well, and, and I eight went shows to, like, a week is demanding, and then yeah. you ask him, and now I have to do something else on top of it so that yeah. I can make my rent. That makes a whole lot more sense. Now. <laughs> yeah. Versus like, and then I went and saw Company. Yeah. With the it was the gender swapped casting oh, yeah. with Patty Lapone in oh, it, Patty. and they were so energetic, and it was so there. And it, I yeah. mean, thinking about it now, it makes sense because that was probably a very highly paid exactly job. It's a show. <laughs> so they didn't it's a have show to with spread a bunch themselves. Of stars. They were all yeah. getting paid, you know. Yeah. But that's yeah. um it's crazy i i have some friends that have been in shows on the west end and you know when when you hear the breakdown of mm. what those people are being paid and what's asked of them it's outrageous yeah you know i'm complaining about our wages here in new york city yeah because the amount of money i make anywhere in any other city in this country mm-hmm. would be considered i'd be really well off but yep it's almost kind of irresponsible to live by myself without a roommate. Yeah. On the paycheck that I have on Broadway. That makes no sense. If I want to save any money, I have to still live with somebody that is not my significant other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that we can split the rent. You know, like I can't afford to live by myself. I'm a 30 year old man on Broadway. And, and in order to put money away and save money and have a retirement fund and do all those other things, I have to have a roommate. That yeah. is outrageous. Yeah. But that's not about, mm. that's not so much about the wages. That's um, the city's economy. It's yep. uh, the, the taxes are too high. Everything taxes costs too much. Too high. It's outrageous. I, I've stopped looking at my, my, um, <laughs> yeah, my because it makes you angry. It's just, it makes you completely angry. Like, <laughs> oh, it's the worst. And and what am I getting for it? Yeah. The MTA never works. The MTA <laughs> never works. Well, and also I filed my taxes like way early. Yeah. I filed them beginning of February. I still haven't gotten my New York state taxes yeah, because no. they're dragging their feet. Well, and they I'm drag like, their feet and they cost so much more <sighs> yep. than everything else. Like my federal taxes yep. oh. versus my, my state taxes. The federal taxes, outrageous. they were like, yeah, that looks great. Here, have our, have your refund. New York is just like it's a couple hundred dollars. We don't want to pay you. Yep. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I tried <laughs> to live here. <laughs> Move to New Jersey. Whatever. Uh, it's not any better. I promise no, it's you. True. Uh, property taxes over there will will kill you. 
I've been looking into solutions on how to keep working on Broadway, but um, mm-hmm. live on my own responsibly. And it's just... It doesn't seem possible. It, it really feels I mean, I'm out in Flatbush and I have two roommates. Like I'm, I'm about up in the Bronx I'm and almost, I have a roommate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm almost as far out of the city as you can get. I'm almost to Coney Island. Come to the Bronx, I promise you. <laughs> you can get big, spacious apartments for for not uh, Manhattan prices. It's amazing. Ooh, I might have to do that then. Yeah, we'll see. She's good. <laughs> She's good. So, um, I'm trying to think through other things because I had like this whole list of things I wanted to talk to you about, and then and I've just been rambling. Well, Sorry. no, no, you're great. <laughs> I was going to say, and then work today happened, and I was just like, where is my brain? I don't remember. It left somewhere in, like, hour three of of yeah. selling people coffee. Oh, I feel you. I mean, you have music on Spotify, which is cool. I do. You have, you have a, a live concert that you did. It's a live album, yeah. Was that I, at 54 Below you did that? It was at 54 Below, oh, yeah. Dream. Um, I... So sort of one of my entrances into music theater was an album called At the Corner of Broadway and Soul by Mr. Billy Porter. Okay. And everybody knows who Billy Porter yeah. is now, now because, you know, yeah. he's a TV star <laughs> and he's a, and he wore he's a cool red outfits carpet on the red mogul. Carpet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he's <laughs> killing the red carpets these days. And um, he won the Tony for um, playing Lola and Kinky mm-hmm. Boots back in, I think that was 2015 or something like yeah. that. Um, but... But Billy Porter has been around a long time, mm-hmm. and that Tony win was was earned three, four times over. He's yeah. been around a while. Um, in two thousand one, I believe it was, he made an album. Uh, if any, have you ever seen the First Wives Club? Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> ha- have you uh, you know when the credits are crawling and they're singing uh-huh. "Love is on the way"? Yeah, that's Billy Porter. Oh my God! Yeah, that's um, amazing. So he's been around a while. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, he made this album that was live. He recorded it live at Joe's Pub at the Public. Nice. Um. And this thing changed my life mm. because it showed me that there was another. That was uh, that. It showed me there was a sp- uh, space for me mm-hmm. in this industry, um, and when you're uh, a little uh, brown kid, it can often feel like musical theater is a place for white people. Mm-hmm. It's not a place for everyone else, um, just because y- you just don't see. Qu- you well, then yeah. at that point, you just didn't see as many. Yeah, and it wasn't as celebrated. I mean, you still don't accept in certain shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, Hearing his album and hearing the stories that he told and um, getting to know him through that music and Mm -hmm. and through those stories kind of showed me that there was a place for me. Um, uh, A a little kid who grew up singing in the church Mm -hmm. um, who loves theater music and classical music and soul music Mm -hmm. and sings it all um, and uh, believes in God and still loves God, but is also one of the gayest people you'll yeah. ever meet. <laughs> you know, I, it just really showed me that, wow, if this man can do it, so can I. Yeah. And, um, and ever since then, it was a, a huge dream of mine to be able to do a live album. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that it happens a lot in the theater world, but 
that's something that my exposure to it was gospel artists. Mm. It's a, a lot of gospel artists. Most of them have live albums. Yeah. It's just, it's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no faking the funk. Yeah. There's no like <laughs> auto tune. Yep. Like if you miss a note, you missed it. It's yep. on the album. There it is. Yep. You know? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I, you know, that's what I grew up with and that idea, mm-hmm. that concept. And so when it came time to, busy myself because I am a standby. I, I sit backstage and I watch TV or I play video games or I work on other projects or, mm-hmm. you know, um, until called upon, until, you know, someone goes out of the show, Mitchell, or somebody goes on yeah. vacation or, you know, something like that. But most of the time, 90% of my time is sitting at a desk watching the show. Yeah. So um, I was like, I need to be doing something. So I started <laughs> doing um, solo shows, mm-hmm. solo cabarets and um we put together uh, a little trio show that was really fun. I caught the Genie's Jukebox with yeah. the full-time Genie at the time, Major Attaway, and the two of us that stand by. Um, and that was really fun. We did that twice. But in coordinating those things, I found that, wow, this is another outlet for me. This is something else that makes sense to me. I understand how to put together this kind Sorry. of a show. Oh, you're fine. I would say nope, I it's understand. an 800 number. I can't <laughs> I'm not answering you. Not um, answering that one. <laughs> I, I learned that I understand how to put together this type of show. Yeah. I understand how to tell my story. And um, people find me relatable. And they find that they can relate to what I've been through and what I'm trying to share. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned that my my musical point of view has a place. Yeah. Um, and that people understand it and they want it and they appreciate it. And um, that was a huge eye-opening moment for me because um, I never really considered myself a creator before. Yeah. I always in considered myself an interpreter mm-hmm. um, of other people's creations. But I never really considered myself a creator mm-hmm. until I started putting together these types of shows. And then I realized how easy it would be to just pay someone to press record yeah, for one of my shows. And then I'd have an album. And um, it was not easy. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. It was it was it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life because Mm. I produced this thing myself. Um, I spent all my savings on it and I had no idea it was going to cost me as much as it did. I. You know, unless I win a Tony and become famous, I'll never make the money back that I spent on that album. Yeah. Um, But that's not why I did it. I did it because. um, because I felt like I had a message that people needed to n- uh, to mm-hmm. relate to, that people needed to hear. And um, I felt like I have a story that can speak to a lot of people and show them that with uh, hard work and care and patience mm-hmm. and love, uh, you can do anything. You can yeah. come from anywhere and become anything. Um, you know, I, I talk about it a little bit, but, you know, I in my childhood, there were times when we were sleeping in my mom's car or at a homeless mission, a uh, homeless shelter, or at the mission, or, um, and and I came from that to to this, and yeah. you can, uh, and and there's a story in there that a lot of people can relate to, no, no matter what their struggle is. It yeah. might not even be financial. Yeah. Um, and I also talked a lot about people really don't spend time talking about what it feels like to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for most of my twenties, I was alone. And that's not just dating. That's also 
um, my personal life, even my friends, I would only let them in so f- so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kept myself in a bubble and I kept yeah. myself safe because so many people had hurt me. Um, and then I realized that I had created this um, this shell of loneliness that mm. um, only I could get myself out of. Um, and so I talk about that in, on the album as well. And um, we sing some really cool tunes. Yeah. Some of my favorites. Some, uh, I mean, that <laughs> stuff was hard. I like. I finished my set list and I looked at my music director and I was like, "What am I thinking? <laughs> Why did I think I could do this?" Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had like a huge breakdown in my voice lesson the two mm-hmm. days before the show because I couldn't sing it. I couldn't sing the show. Yeah. I, it, it was like a block. I was afraid. It was yeah. fear. Um. So um. So the fact that the album came out the way it did, it um thrilled with it's it amazing and yeah thank you thank you i've definitely I, listened all the way through it a couple is times. very very much not perfect but it is exactly what it was supposed to be yeah. and i'm and i'm very happy with it and i'm so proud of it and um everybody that listens to it everybody that buys it um i'm just thank you thank you if you <laughs> listen to it and you buy it thank you so much um and i and i hope that you understand its message and that you can internalize it and that you can know that uh, no matter what, you're not alone. Yeah. That's really what it's about. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I feel I feel like, I don't know, I, something that I've noticed since moving to New York, because so the thing, I'm trying to figure out which direction to come at this statement from. Oh yeah. um, in, in New York, there are so many people who do solo shows, mm-hmm. and that's, never been something that i realized people did because yeah. people don't do that in seattle right <laughs> i've i haven't spent enough time in la to like realize if people do it there or not but so many people do that here yeah and it seems like such a great opportunity to tell those stories and to get your voice out absolutely it's something that i would love to do but I also you know like it's um it's like actually not that hard and you don't uh, um you don't need to have a broadway credit you don't need to have a following um, well, I have a Broadway credit, and I was like, I'm, there's no way in the world I'm going to sell out this <laughs> this cabaret space. What, what what was I thinking? Nobody knows me, and the people that know me aren't coming. Yeah. Who wants to come listen to me sing? They hear yeah. me sing at work, or, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. I post annoying videos from, from of me singing all the yeah. time, but nobody's going to come to this. <laughs> Who's going to come? Who's going to pay yeah. to come see me sing, you know? Um, but that old adage, you build it, they come. Mm-hmm. Um does it mean something hmm. and whether there's five people out there or 500 yeah you have an audience and you have um, a responsibility to that audience and um i didn't i didn't sell out either of my solo shows hmm. we got close but i didn't sell out either of my solo shows and i was really disappointed with the crowd if i'm going to be completely honest mm-hmm. i was disappointed with the size of the crowd at mm. my um album re- recording concert uh but as it turns out, who was there was exactly who was supposed to be there. Yeah. And it was the exact energy I wanted in the room. Mm. And it was the exact um, love that I wanted in the room. And the uh, people came in with hearts that were open and ready to receive. Mm. And if there was even one person there one more person that would have 
that would have been toxic to that energy. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad they didn't come. Yeah. It, exactly who was supposed to be there yeah. was who was who was there. And um, leading up to it, I was like, oh, my God, I haven't sold any tickets. I'm so sad. Like, this is a blah, 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 blah. Many more people than who originally bought tickets showed up. Um, but I was still really, I was, I, the night started and they gave me the number and I was so disappointed. Yeah. And all of that melted away when he made that announcement and that band started playing. Mm-hmm. And I walked out and there was nothing but love in that room. Yeah. And all of that, all of those feelings went away. So I guarantee you, you'll have the same experience no matter who shows up, <laughs> how matter how few or how many. Yeah. Um, if the people that are supposed to be there are the people that will be there. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an exciting prospect. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Do it. But. <laughs> we'll see. I'm telling you, there's nothing to it but to do it. Because if I had sat and thought about either time that I did it, mm-hmm. I would not have done it. I mean, you're I've, talking I to someone who you. has six dollars in their pocket at the moment. But <laughs> I promise you, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. And um, and people think it costs so much money to put on a show like that, but it doesn't. Well, okay, it costs that much money to put on a show when you yeah. have the size of band I have. That's fair. But you can put on just an effect of a show with a piano and a microphone. Yeah. You don't need that full production. I did that because I knew I was recording an album yeah. and I and I wanted my music to sound the way it sounded in my head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's I think that's more of the dream of mine than necessarily being on a big stage with a bunch of other people. It's yeah. more like and that it's why I started drag. It's that yeah. idea of being able to connect with people in the audience. Absolutely. Like instead of that's something of especially about opera that I didn't like is how distinct that fourth wall is. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how to deal with that because I'm a very person oriented person. Same. So like the few operas that I've done, the characters I ended up playing were like the narrator characters like Dr. Falca and Deflator Mouse. Yeah. And um, we did a pastiche of Orpheus and I was Hades and the whole time I was talking to the audience. Yeah. Like, those are the roles that I like because that fourth wall is broken down for my character. But that's why I chose drag was because I'm literally in the audience. Like in (laughs) bars, there's no way to get away from an audience. Well, incorporate that into your drag. Incorporate the singing into your, and incorporate the idea of cabaret. There are plenty of drag queens that are doing it. Cacophony Daniels Mm -hmm. and, um, suddenly Seymour. Mm -hmm. That's their thing. Yeah. You know, and there's a huge market for it. So, um, do it. I'm like you can. Uh, <laughs> yes, and you, all yeah. of those things can be a part of um, your artistry and what you bring to 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 the industry. Yeah. New York's a big city. <laughs> she is. <laughs> that's a something big city, that's been hitting me not. since coming since coming back from Europe and like being on vacation and just yeah. like I'm touring around and blah blah blah. <laughs> like again, like coming back here and being like, oh my god. I don't know. I feel like there's a weight about the city that I haven't quite figured out how to. Oh, forget her. She's correctly. full of herself. Uh, <laughs> New York thinks she is just the end all be all. And she's nothing. She's expensive. She's dirty. She's loud. And you put her in her place. Don't don't <laughs> don't feel intimidated by by any of that, because um, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember that you that. New York is exactly what I just said. Mm-hmm. It's dirty. It's loud. It is um, crowded. Mm-hmm. 
Very. And, it, <laughs> and, and it's too expensive. And anytime you feel like the city is larger than you mm-hmm. um, or, or like it's swallowing you, you remember to put this doggone city in her place because she's nothing. She's nothing without us. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. are like, oh, it'll keep going on. <laughs> well, not if we all leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's nothing without us. New York is nothing without its people. Yeah. And you are one of those people. So you are just as valuable as everyone else. Don't you ever forget that. Ding. Yeah, <laughs> I have so many friends that, like, I know they let New York swallow them up when their hearts really wanted to be here. But they mm-hmm. um, they felt they felt um, drowned by the yeah. city. I didn't yeah. realize it would be as intimidating as it is before I moved here. Yeah. Because the only times I'd been here before were as a tourist. And as a tourist, you feel really in charge of the city. Right. Because, I mean, so much of the economy is made <laughs> off of tourism, tourism that you're like, yeah. cool, it's my dollar <laughs> keeping you guys here. But then you move here and all of a sudden you, like, you're the one that's having to like take the money from the tourists. And yeah. There's a, that, that power shift is so different. And I, it's but I just want you that to I figure it out. New York seems intimidating, but I feel like it's New York's own way of weeding out the mm. people that don't really that don't really have the confidence to to do it. Yeah. Um. So so know that go into it knowing that that that's what it's for, and instead of um, feeling like you're succumbing to it, um, view it as a challenge, a challenge to. Um, no matter what the city throws at you, no, no matter how many no's, how many you're too big, you're too small, you're too white, you're too dark, you're too, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what all yeah. those things that the city throws at you, you're too new, you're too, you know, all yeah. of those things become obsolete. And someone throws a no at you and go, okay, great, and you move on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so much easier said than done. I made it yeah, sound yeah. so easy. That's really hard. And yeah. It's yeah. hard work, but um, it's hard work that all of us are capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, especially to have a life in the arts in this city. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. I know. My friends say that to me all the time. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's <laughs> not a bad thing at all. Well, there's so much to think about. And, and and a lot of it just comes to my nature just because I'm a hard-headed mm. by nature. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And um, if you tell me I can't oh. do something, I'm probably going to do everything <laughs> in my power to prove you wrong. Yeah. Just That's just who I am as a person. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, but I've even had moments where I'm like, I, I, this is, it's too big. I can't do it. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. in the corner and I'm crying and I'm yeah. just wishing it all ends. But just you have to remember that those are moments and you have to fill them and then you move on. Yeah. Yeah. Moments are good. They are. Th- that's absolutely imperative. Yeah. Well, and I, don't, I feel like I think part of what's really been overwhelming me as a new New Yorker is how many moments there are. Oh, yeah. And how, <laughs> like, you, I feel like allowing myself to have those moments is a bad thing versus, like, letting those moments be what they are and accepting them and learning from them and growing from them. Absolutely. And then moving forward exactly. rather than, like. Because if you're trying to, like, I'm not going to have this moment, I'm not going to yeah. have this moment, I'm not going to and then it just becomes three times as Which long I feel a is a very West Coast thing to do. It's like, <laughs> we're not going to have any moments. <laughs> we're good. Oh my We're gosh! I can't tell you how many times smiling. I've yelled at a stranger on the st- on the street because <laughs> I've, I've been at my wits end. Yep. 
I'm I promise you I'm one of the <laughs> nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah. And and I I like there have been moments where this city has literally drawn me to my wit's end. <laughs> my rent is due. My job yep. is being weird. I don't have any money. I can't get an yeah. ETA card. I, I I can't even buy food. I don't even have 50 yep. cents to get a pack of ramen noodles. Yep. And you're coming at me with attitude? Yeah. And I'd lose <laughs> my mind. And so. <laughs> literally, I knew I was a New Yorker the day. So I visited last year, last February. Yeah. Um, I was here for like 10 days. And I knew as a New Yorker, I had gone up to Rhode Island to do a couple gigs, and I came back. I was coming out of Penn Station. It was pouring rain. I didn't think that rain was a possibility for some reason. And I didn't bring a coat with me, didn't have an umbrella, nothing. Uh, so I was getting soaked. My luggage was getting soaked. And there were like four people spanning the sidewalk. All of them had umbrellas. They were sauntering. Who knows if they were tourists or not? Probably tourists. Oh, if they Just were walking, walking shoulder to shoulder on a New York City sidewalk, yep. they are definitely tourists. Yeah. And there was, <laughs> I, and I was like, I need to get one more block to get down underground to get into my subway. Yeah. And I just yelled, move. <laughs> and they like split down the center and looked so scared. And I just bolted right down the middle. I was like, definitely oh, shit, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 what it is. That's. You have to have those moments. I'll yeah. never forget. There was a time where I was living on 145th in Harlem. Okay. And I was working as a uh, house manager mm -hmm. at Signature Theater off Broadway. I had so little money that I couldn't even afford, at the time, I think it was a dollar seventy-five mm -hmm. to get downtown. Yep. Um, I am also a black man, so I'm not jumping anybody's turnstiles and giving the police yeah. any excuse to shoot me. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I put on my walking shoes and I walked from 145th all the way downtown to 42nd Street. Oh, my God. And 10th Avenue. And God damn. it was the day before payday and I didn't have any money yep. left. So and I needed yep. to get to work. Yeah. I couldn't call out because I already didn't have any money. Yep. So um, it's important to have those moments. Yeah. They they teach you what you're made of, and they teach you um, what you value and what you want. And I knew that I wanted this, mm -hmm. and I knew that I was going to do everything in my power to to make it happen. And um, that's not to say that I didn't have moments where I was ready to give up. I already told you I was yeah. interviewing for grad school. I was like, forget it, I'm done. I'm not yeah. doing this anymore. Um, there were moments where I was like, I just want to end. I called my mom. I was like, I don't even have enough money to get on a bus and come back to Atlanta to quit. Yeah. Like quitting isn't like an <laughs> option because you can't afford to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. That those thoughts happen and you do reach your wit's end, but those moments teach you what you're made of and they teach you what you want, mm -hmm. and they are imperative. Yeah, and, and and the people that don't have those moments, it's very obvious because they don't appreciate what they have yeah. when they get it. They um, trouble hits them in the face and they crumble. Mm -hmm. If you've never had to fight for anything, you don't you don't know how strong you are. Yeah. So New York's kind of teaching <laughs> you how strong you are at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's the best. I'm glad. <laughs> it can stop anytime. Yeah, listen, I'm still <laughs> saying that right now. Right. I think I've learned it now. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, New York. Let's move on to the next story. Can I have my next have chapter? My reward now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's my prize? Right. I won. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. This was so fun. I love these things and I love um 
talking, obviously. Oh, talking is <laughs> my best skill, other than being in the way. Those are my two best skills. Talking oh my and gosh, I'm very good at getting out of the way. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish I try to get out of the way. And people are like, I still can't get past it. I'm like, you're going to have to deal with it because my butt is not getting smaller. So th- thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? You if, can find me. They want to. On Which the, they better. Um, please find me. You can find me on the Facebook. Um, my page is Deontay L. Warren. Um, I am also on the Twitter and the Instagram as yeah. At D L Warren O One. That's D L W A R R E N O One. And um yeah, if you're really interested in um seeing what uh b- b- big chocolate boy fashion <laughs> looks like, please follow me on Instagram. We have Do a lot it. of fun. Oh yeah, your Instagram's <laughs> amazing. Oh <Aww>, thanks. <laughs> then every once in a while I'll be scrolling through and be like, I know that plant. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, we take a lot of pictures around here. Yeah. I'm probably actually about to leave here and go to Bryant Park and take more pictures. Do it. Well, because I was like, I walked out of the house today and I was like, oh, wow, I actually kind of look nice. I can take a picture today. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, and I'll put all of the information for the podcast stuff and my stuff in the description box as well as yours. Oh, so perfect. people can have it spelled out for perfect. them because if they're like me, they're not smart enough to like listen to how things are spelled <laughs> it's, uh, right, that's why exactly. i work in coffee shops <laughs> i got my training at starbucks we can't spell anything um oh yes and listen to the album yes, you can please. stream it on the spotify on the apple music um but if you go to any of my social media pro- uh, profiles there is a link to actually buy the physical Perfect. copy because um there's a lot of cool artwork in there and i paid a lot of money for it so yeah buy it, please yeah <laughs> <laughs> do it all right, this has been Yeah, but thank you, Deontay. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and we will see you all later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, but. 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 Thank you for listening to Yeah But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time.